Hi friends, welcome back to the Daily Bible Project Podcast. And we're finishing and summarizing this second half of chapter 18 today. So we're in part 146, it is, in our study together through the book of Genesis, but it's episode 215 overall. Now, if you've just joined us today for the first time, I'd recommend that if you want to join in this amazing journey together through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, you go back right to the start, where first 70 episodes will give you an introduction to each and every one of the books of our Bible. And then let season two launching off around about episode 70 with the beginning of our working together through the book of Genesis. But anyway, back to the second part of chapter 18. And in summary, we've seen this amazing situation where the Bible is suggesting, is teaching that the effects of sin Even the effects of the sins of the majority of people can be delayed, can be uh, resisted by the individual intervention and the righteousness of just a few. Now, that's an amazing revelation and one which should move any of us who knows the Lord to compassion and to urgency to pray on behalf of our fellow human beings. You see, in this particular story, the natural order of things had been seriously violated in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But when we do things wrong, the consequences of doing those things wrong can be catastrophic, not just for us, but for the whole society in which we live, for other people. People who, after the war, who were trying to understand what exactly happened, what went wrong in places like Nazi Germany and the the Soviet Union, the conclusions that they reached were that pretty much everyone lied to themselves and to each other about what was really going on. In all of the 20th century dictator-led societies, whether that be in Eastern Europe or in Germany, in all of the 20th century dictator-led societies, it appears that about two out of every five people were informers on one level or another. These were indeed terrible societies because the whole system that was built up was not only corrupt and nihilistic, but these dystopian systems were also founded on a doctrine of man. No matter how they tried to wrap it up and disguise it as having some quasi-religious framework, they were nihilistic murderous, destructive, genocidal, and they got it wrong on every single level. And the idea that what happened in Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union, etc., was this concept of a population of largely good people listening to this tiny, tiny percentage of bad people. It's just not a credible or a good theory. Being that the totalitarian ethos in both those systems was found at every single level Now, I grew up in a place called Northern Ireland, and I can only speak of my experience in growing up there in the 90s and 70s. But I can tell you with authority, it was not a tiny minority of people who supported terrorism. It was a minority, yes, but it was a significant minority. You know, if I was to hazard a guess at it in theory, I would say it was maybe 15 or 20 percent of everybody. Now, I just can't see how we can look back at the 20th century, on every level, and don't see the major lesson that needs to be learned here. To understand that the Nazi concentration camp guard was a human being like you and I, and that in given circumstances that you and I have the same potential 
to do what he did also outside of Christ, it is vital that we understand that. If you can't see that, then you really don't know who you are before a holy God. We must never forget how close we are individually and collectively to destruction. Less than 100 years ago, within the lifetime of our own parents here in Europe, six million people died. And if we don't understand what we are all capable outside of a relationship which has accountability before God, then I believe we are still only one step away from disaster. And the idea that Christ takes the sin of the world upon himself is the full extrapolation of this perspective. The God of the Old Testament is the same God that we today can have a relationship with and one that can be interceded with, can be negotiated with when it comes to the lives of others. And that's what has been happening here in this chapter. Abraham had been told that whatever is going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, well, it's seriously wrong and that God is going to come down and do something about it. And he takes it upon himself to intercede and to ask God to show mercy. Asking God to be merciful is maybe what God wants us to do all the time and has always wanted us to do all along. Okay, you know, Abraham said, you know, you can wipe out, uh, out that city, Lord, because bad things are happening there. But there are probably a few people in that city who are completely corrupted by what's going on there. And Abraham decides to intercede with God on behalf of those people who would otherwise be destroyed. Now, this is wonderful news because this surely confirms that in the end, good can triumph over evil, even when it appears to be so much more powerful. In a place that's corrupt, a small minority of people, even a few or a single person, who stands forth against corruption or evil, they really can prevail. One of the best examples of this, I believe, is that of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who, because of his Christianity and his opposition to totalitarianism, was sent to the terrible work camps of the Soviet Union, where he wrote his book called The Gulag Archipelago. Now, the long view on that book was one of the things that was fundamental in bringing down the Soviet Union. It was published in 1970, first in the West, and then it began to leak back into Russia. It appears that what happened, at least initially, because a result of that book, communism as an ethical system began to lose credibility, particularly amongst those who read it and were reasonably educated. Immediately upon its publication and its finding its way into the former Soviet Union, the book began to pull out the moral slats from underneath the whole communist system. The framework started to fail. Academics now recognised that that book was definitely one of the reasons, and there were many others also, but it is definitely one of the reasons why that whole system crumbled and fell without a war in 1989 when the wall came down. And that's a great example of how in that case just one person, one person could take on a, a tyranny and prevail. He probably didn't understand even himself the effects that it might have. Leo Tolstoy was a remarkable example of a single person intervening in a catastrophic situation and changing things more than he could ever imagine. And this set of scriptures tells us that we have the potential to do the same. 
And isn't that amazing? And thanks be to God for that. Okay, that's it for today. We're back tomorrow. I may just actually summarize and conclude this whole overview of this section of scripture before we head off into the next uh, chapter 19. But anyway, thanks so much for joining me and I'll see you back right here again very soon, I hope. Bye-bye for now.